Let's get ready to podcast. Welcome in, Team Rhino Podcast. Stephen here with Chris. Chris, Hood, yay or nay? Is it good? <laughs> it's just a busy day today, Stephen. And when I mean busy, I mean not busy. It's just me doing chores around the house that I've been p- putting back for two or three days. So other than that, it's pretty laid back in the hood. Now we're uh, we're we're uh, podcasting here a couple days, two days to be exact, before Thanksgiving. Uh, one of my favorite holidays. Uh, Possibly favorite. Um, it's creeping up the list in recent years. Uh, what's your uh, Thanksgiving plan? Do you, uh, are you hosting this year? Or are you going to, going out of town? What do you? What's your Thanksgiving deal? Very untraditional Thanksgiving. Uh, I am actually hosting. My my parents are coming over and uh, going to be eating. Uh, usually, I have just my mom coming over, and we decided we do not want turkey like four years ago anymore for Thanksgiving. So we decide to, well, last year we bought lamb. The year before that, we had uh, fish. Before that, we had steak. I think this year we're going to actually, we're buying New York strips and we're buying steak. We're doing steak and potatoes. and So very untraditional Thanksgiving, but uh, we like it that way. So what we're going to do. Are you a, a non-turkey guy or are you just a... Uh... I like steak? turkey. I like turkey, just uh, in spare, like sparingly. Um, what, what, like you know, once a year? No, nah, that's too much for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh, sparingly means like I can have sandwiches. Uh, I, don't, right. I don't know. Turkey to me is like I don't know. It's it's okay. And like I said, I don't mind having turkey sandwiches like after Thanksgiving. I think I'm more excited about the turkey sandwiches for like two days. But actual turkey to me is like. Eh. Yeah, it's I, always been that way. I'm Ever pretty, since I was a kid, I'm pretty content with having turkey like on a random Thursday every twelve months or so. Uh, I, I don't mind that at all. Uh, pretty traditional in my house. Uh, pretty boring. We have uh, just our uncle over and then our immediate family. Uh, we've always done it here. I guess the one thing that we kind of do that's different is uh, my mom makes pierogies. Uh, just because oh, that's awesome. She's super into the. Uh, Acting like she's more Polish than she is, and uh, oh, very nice. She makes pierogies at most of our holiday cookery events. Yes, oh, he's he's down for the rogues. <laughs> hey, what are you doing? You excited about pierogies? I know. Well, random random thought of the day, but question for you, off topic totally. What do you call? Um, the little hot dogs that go in the little croissant. What are those called? Now, those are uh, those are like my favorite things ever. Uh, <laughs> I'm, pr- I'm pretty pumped that my mom makes them. I I think I call them little hot dogs. Little hot dogs. Never heard that. Um, well, uh, most people call it pigs in a blanket. I call them weenies. Maybe little okay. weenies. I, I'm fine with the, the mini weenies. That's fine. Yeah. But some people will call them. Um, you know, uh, pigs in a blanket. Any type of Polish family. And my my grandma being very Polish and basically pierogies and guamkis. I don't know if you know what guamkis are, but guamkis are uh, yeah, yeah. stuffed cabbage. Mm-hmm. That is pigs in a blanket to us. So random thought of the day because you're talking Polish food. Um, too often, I feel like I'm fighting other people on <laughs> like like random 
Polish foods, and I'm like, no. But anyway, I'm very excited that you do have pierogies every Thanksgiving. That's pretty awesome. Um, what are your favorite pierogies? Because mine, personally, is cheddar and potato. Now, I'm a big fan of potato. Uh, I, I dig the cheese in the potato combo. Uh, I'm not a sauerkraut guy. Uh, that is, uh, we always have potato, cheese, sauerkraut, and then sometimes we go with the uh, mixture or we throw in a meat uh, just to try it out. And uh, I usually just uh, scarf down some of the potatoes. Yeah, the sauerkraut, I, I totally agree, is, is one of the m- most disgusting things I've ever had. <laughs> so, now, To go back on your point about the, uh, the pigs in a blanket. Now, the pig in a blanket to me would be more of a full-size hot dog that is wrapped in uh, some sort of material instead of or almost like a, uh, a pancake. You take a pancake throw it around a sausage. Uh, when it gets to miniature size, I think you lose uh, you lose me on the pig in a blanket thing. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, I totally agree. I think people are, are just totally off of it. You really know pigs in a blanket. It's stuffed cabbage, glumkeys, a Polish food. You're wrong. I'm right. So, man, the end. This was such a more pleasant podcast than the things we're going to have to talk <laughs> about. Let's wrap up here. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, obviously, we got to talk about some... Uh, it's so a little more saddening stuff here at him at uh, him Jarbaugh. Uh Chris, a few days removed now from the Michigan Wisconsin game, we've gotten to talk about it a little bit. Uh, you know, people are not happy with Michigan and really as low on them as they've been in you know at least a few years now. Uh, you know, give us some hope here. Give us a, a ray of hope. You know what? You know how can we hold our heads high this week? It's pretty simple. Odds makers, the number one odds makers in Las Vegas, predicted this team to be eight and four at season's end. And where are they possibly going to be? Nine and three or eight and four? It's exactly why they where they're supposed to be. Um, is that a little upsetting? Probably to Michigan fans, since Michigan State has was supposed to only win six to seven games, and they're up at the nine win mark. That's how it goes. That being said, let's look at it for what it is. You have. Your starting quarterback, Wilton Spate, let's just say Spate over Peters. Spate being out. Yeah, he is the starter. You have your left tackle, your number one left tackle, Grant Newsom, out. You have your top corner this past week being out against Wisconsin. That was a big thing, especially at the end of the uh, start of the second half. You can start seeing that the Wisconsin team started to kind of break down this team a little bit. And um, there there isn't a great deal of depth on that defense, so... You have your starting corner gone, and you still have a ton of injuries. Oh, and your and your number one wide receiver. So there's a lot of people injured. I mean, luckily you're you're not seeing it as catastrophic as let's say Maryland, where they're down to their fourth, fifth string quarterback. But you still have some pretty big injuries. This is a very young team. We do not have great depth this year. This is what it was supposed to be. Was I disappointed in that game? I thought they could have possibly pulled it out. I thought they had, and I, I ever said I thought that they that Michigan was was set up to win that game, and unfortunately, they didn't. You could see right after Peters went down, the whole air got taken out of that offense, and then the defense just couldn't, you know, hold on too much longer. They they basically had, got wore down. So it's uh, it's disappointing, definitely. And got to give it to Hornibrook. Both times I've called out quarterbacks, I said McSorley and Hornibrook are not that great at quarterbacks. 
and they made some decent passes in there. Also made, you know, Hornibrook also made some um, not so great throws either, but he also did make some pinpoint passes uh, late in the in the uh, third quarter and stuff. So it is what it is. I still think Michigan can go to a nice bowl this year, and it is a little disappointing going into this this next week against Ohio State. Uh, possibly without Wilton Spate and John O'Corn, or excuse me, without Brandon Peters. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I got to tell you, Ninja's having a seizure here on the ground just listening to you talk about uh, <laughs> all the negatives that have been happening here recently. Yeah, it's a, it's a rough year. I mean, they have pretty, you know, a lot of injuries. And, yeah, let's, uh, uh, let's touch. You and I were talking yesterday about, you know, the preseason, you know, Vegas had them going 8-4. and four. And, uh, and you and I had them going a little bit better than that. Uh, I, you know, I think I had ten and two, and you had nine and three. Uh, mm-hmm. And you know, you examine that, and it's just interesting how expectations change, and and how we get closer to games, and and we suffer the losses, and how you know people are out for heads, and uh, it's uh, it's just interesting how, especially that Florida performance, uh, everyone got you know more hyped and. I think we did too, uh, and as we as it turns out, we you know Florida has a lot of problems, and, and their coach got fired midway through the season. Now I don't think it's time to push the panic button, but it's it's certainly a uh, it's sad to have to think that we might have to wait another full year for uh, for some of these big wins that uh, we thought we could get this year, and we were kind of uh, robbed from a little bit last year, and. It's just, it's it's an interesting thing. Uh, now, looking at that, the preseason Vegas, you know, odds having them eight and four. They might, you know, they're probably going to go end or end up eight and four at the end of this regular season. When Vegas is making that prediction, they probably were thinking that by towards the end of the year they might be ascending, or you know, maybe they just weren't good enough to win some of these games. I think, you know. It was almost worst case scenario in a lot of these games. In the Michigan State loss, they played, you know, terrible, especially the offense. Uh, I don't think Vegas would have predicted how bad their offense would have been at times in big games. Uh, Penn State game, similar thing. Uh, what happened this past weekend, and, and losing two of our best quarterbacks, and and uh, there's no way Vegas could have known that we would have lost those quarterbacks. Plus, have O'Corn be as uh, pedestrian as he was, so. It's uh, a possible eight and four, nine and three scenario, where the team performed worse than I think Vegas would have thought. I think Vegas basically predicted that Michigan win the games that they need to win, and they did. And I, I think that's what's very upsetting to a lot of Michigan fans, including myself, that the games of Wisconsin, and Penn State, and Michigan State, as of you know, as of so far, uh, it just didn't seem like they had it to beat those teams. And, and you know, I would say maybe the closest, obviously, was the Michigan State game, and that was just a poor performance offensively. Granted, under some really bad circumstances and weather conditions, but that's no excuse because State had the same conditions. But it's it's that, I think that's what's upsetting is that, again, I think you take one of those wins. Let's just take the Michigan State game, say that we win that Michigan's in a lot better shape, and we're, we're, we're still hyped. Like, well, we beat State, and we're 
you know, we're nine and two on the year and, you know, it'd be a lot, a lot easier to, to choke down than basically just being the teams we need to beat. But that being said, let's look at for a couple of years ago when we had Hoke, there are teams that were not, you know, we're supposed to beat that we're barely beating or we're, you know, not beating at all. So where do you want to be in that? You know, where do you want to be on that, that, that meter? And we're, we're fine. We're, we're, we're supposed to be, and hopefully we can show some progress next year and, and see a team that's got a little more talent, a little more depth, and a little more experience under their belt. And I think we do need to be fair to uh, especially last year's team. They have won big games. I think beating Wisconsin at home last year was a big game. Uh, beating Penn State, you know, throttling them and then having them go on and win the Big Ten title. A little bit of perfect storm type of thing, but uh, I still got to say I think it was a a good win and a, a game that turns out to be bigger than when it was maybe happening at the time. Uh, I think as, as fans here, you and I, in the past, you know, 10, 12 years, we've just become so numb to these losses against big rivals, which is never something you want to have happen. But it's almost at the point where I think if Michigan goes out and loses even in a close game this weekend, normally you can be encouraged by that and normally you can take positives. But I think it's at the point where if they don't beat their rivals, I'd, you know, it's just uh, just another year gone by where they're not getting it done. No, I totally agree. It's like I, said, I think this this past game versus Wisconsin has kind of really dampered. And I'd say even just with the injury of Brandon Peters, he's he's likely to be gone. Um, reports were that Spate might be back from Maryland. There's, I'm sure there's a lot of people hoping, and and maybe maybe there is a chance he plays. I'm just going off my own thoughts. And granted, the submarine is very very tight lipped and, and no one really talks uh, in that Michigan program, but just going off my own thoughts, I think state will be gone as well. So that leaves O'Corn to be the, you know, the head head honcho for that, that game. And it doesn't really bode well for the Michigan offense. I think, uh, yeah, I tend to think you're right. And uh, I think it be, the game becomes unwatchable. Uh, if O'Corn plays the entire game, I think it really does. Um, Really interesting how he's just not a big moment guy. Uh, you know, he kind of showed it going in against Purdue, which obviously Purdue's not the threat we thought they might be at the time. Uh, and then in the couple starts afterwards, while they're in tough conditions against good teams, uh, he just doesn't look like he has it uh, has the uh, mojo really to to be a, a effective quarterback on a good team. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. This this game this weekend has to be one of the uh, the least hyped games, personally for me, Michigan-Ohio State, in quite some time. And that's even going back past some of those Hoke years. Yeah, there was the one year with Hoke, maybe it was his last year, that team was a pretty bad team, and they, they almost pulled it off. So there's always hope out there. Um no, but I, I think that still the offensive play calling, and I hate to say this, but play calling right under Hoke, while you had uh, Al Borges being a really bad offensive coordinator at times, 
once in a while he would just flip the script and all of a sudden show some some genius out of his play calling. I don't see that from Drevno and, and Pep Hamilton. I think this offense uh, this offense has been much worse than last year. And granted, like you have some pains from some some obviously offensive line offensive linemen gone this past year, but still the, the offensive play calling has been so mind numbing. It's it's been crazy. Um, we complain about all the, uh, you know, um, sweep type plays and and and, and uh, you know wide receiver handoffs to McDoom last year, but you know what, man, I'd take that from last last year again compared to this year. Seems like the, the play calling. I haven't seen too many good plays. Like the the one play I'm I'm really thinking the best play we probably had all year was that uh, um, fake um, roll out to the right and then throw back to McKeon. Um, touchdown for like Brandon Peters, like second touchdown. You know, that was probably the biggest, the best play I've seen probably all year. Other than great plays by some great players, but actual play calling, it's been mind numbing. Yeah, I, mean, I couldn't agree with you more on that. And we got a, you know, we've given love to the running backs the past couple of weeks, and really think they've hit strides. And uh, who knows how healthy Karan Higdon is, uh, but. It's the same type of thing, uh, big-time game. None of our running backs really show up uh, in a way that impacts the game. So still waiting for that, I guess. We'll see you this weekend, but big-time game. Need a running back to uh, to show up. And I, I think, you know, it's another position that we didn't talk about. Cron Higgins fine at 100%. You have Chris Evans coming in as your, you know, your feature back feature back and he's he's not what he's supposed to be right now so a little bit to be desired on on the running back stable for sure uh before we really you know get into the predictions and and score of how we think that this week's gonna go uh if it's a very depressing podcast yeah it's not it's been too happy uh we gotta go happy about the pierogi we gotta go back to the thanksgiving (laughs) (laughs) time but uh uh, if you can, MVPs from this past week, offensive, defensive, and then our fresh face rankings, if there was a change. Uh, you know, I'm going to go with, on the offensive side, Brandon Peters. Um, when he left, it was a whole cha- game changer. I don't think there was really anybody that really stood out to me that really kept us in the game as much as he did. Got to give it to him. On um, the secondary... Or the on the uh, defense, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with the whole defensive line. It's kind of cheating a little bit. I think they did a great job. They really kept that Michigan or that Wisconsin offense really held them back in that first half. Unfortunately, second half, you're getting beat up by 300 pound linemen at some point, they're start starting to break down a little bit. And um, you know they did. And but I thought they had. Had a hell of a game. They they played very very well until the very very you know maybe second or yeah second half of that third quarter. Then they started to kind of go downhill a little bit. But I thought they did a great job, really keeping us in that game. Fair enough. I uh, my offensive MVP. Uh, I actually had somebody different uh, until you what you said about Peters. I have to agree. I think uh, him going out of that game. 
just pretty much meant game over. Uh, there was no fight in them after that. And, uh, I mean, he was he was moving the ball pretty effectively, at least in the first half. And, uh, you know, I even, yeah, I, even, I don't mind that fumble that he had at the goal line because uh, he's got to need to take risks to win some of these games uh, when he's young. And I know it was, it's something to learn from, but uh, I, I'm okay with him taking risks and making mistakes. Uh, especially because they were really in the game at that point anyways. And, you know, it was far after that that they were out of the game. And defensively, I'm going to go with a player who didn't play, and uh, you touched on him earlier. I think it's LaVert Hill. Uh, I do think Brandon Watson did a decent job, uh, even on the, some of the throws that Hornybuck really laid into the receivers. Uh, Watson had good coverage, but they were pinpoint throws, and I, I can only imagine that if LaVert Hill was in, uh, having Watson as a you know cover the third wide receiver type deal, I think that they would just be even stronger and and possibly giving Hornybrook more problems in that second half. So I'm gonna go over Hill, and then my fresh face rankings don't change from last week to this week. Uh, Hudson, McKean, and David Long. Yeah, my same uh, Hudson, Long, and then uh, McKean at three. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just want to, I would like to mention one quick thing. People bringing up that Brand Peters that should have been, you know, offensive or um, personal foul on on Wisconsin player. I actually am dis- disagreeing with that. I think a lot of people want want a call because it helps them out. I don't think that's yes. He dro- drove him to the ground, but you know what? Rashawn Gary does the same thing. You know, I remember Taco Charlton doing that a few times as well. They all do it. It really wasn't that late. He just released the ball. Is it kind of cheap? Yeah, but you know what? If I had to pick something that was cheaper, it was the linebacker from Wisconsin last year taking out Grant Newsom's leg, and Newsom almost had to have his leg amputated. All right? That kind of stuff on a linebacker going down low on a lineman, that's the stuff that should be really, you know, illegal. Um, so I think it was a clean hit, and, uh, you know, yeah, the touchdown – to people, you know, to people's Jones, yeah, it should have been a touchdown. That being said, you know, a good teams overcome those type of situations. And elite teams overcome those situations. This is not an elite team. Yep, the next play, you know, Peters fumbles it. It just wasn't meant to be. The, again, they're missing some parts to this team. It's a good team. You know, it's not a bad team. I say that they're around that top 25, you know, area, but they're just not a top 10 team. You know, people can't expect that every single year from this team quite yet. Yep, yeah, that is fair. Uh, you know, it, now let's get into, we already talked about a little bit, the, you know, the game 2017 here. If I can hype it up a little bit. Uh, I do think it is the best rivalry in all of sports, and uh, still is, even through the test of time. Just flipping around on, on Twitter and stuff the past few days, I've seen a lot of Michigan players and former Michigan players uh, bringing up that game last year. And even a current player, I think it was Higdon, maybe said, uh, yeah, everybody knows we won that game last year. And it's something that I I can't believe you you kind of have the audacity to come out and say that, especially going into this week where you don't really have, you know, all that much to brag about this year. And uh, it's just some, some old history. I'd like to try to put that to bed uh, at least for the immediate future here. That's that's that. I mean, that game to me is still 
there's a lot of games that there's a couple games in my mind that stick out as like just hurtful games. And that one is probably still number one on my list, followed by a very close, you know, duck at catch from Michigan State in like 02 or 01. But that one hurts because I thought that that game should have been Michigan's and the whole season really ended right there and choked down. I agree, though. I think the players shouldn't be talking anything. You haven't really showed anything all year. And I'm glad that they're trying to maybe hype it up for themselves to get them pumped up for this week. But, you know, it's to me is it's neither here or there. You, you lost last year. And as much as it hurts to to choke that down, team lost. Move on. I'm trying to move on. It hurts still to this day, <laughs> but I, I try to you know, move on from it. It was a uh, it was one of the more rough losses, I think. Uh at least since I was a kid. You know, I think maybe back to that 06 game or uh, maybe even as close as that Michigan State loss uh, a couple years ago on the uh, play we won't talk about. But uh, it is something I think we need to, to move on from, and I think we should go all positive from here on out. From uh, starting now to the rest of the podcast, let's talk about what Michigan can do and and how they could possibly go out and win this game. Uh, I think that, you know, we've seen uh, Ohio State lose a few times this year already uh, and seen them look, you know, maybe not as dominant as they have been in years past. Uh, I personally don't think that they're as quite as talented as some of the Mich- Ohio State teams that Michigan's had to face uh, in the past 10 years or so. Uh, I think JT Barrett, well, he has all these Big Ten records, and, and while he can be a star player at times, I think he's been, especially in the rivalry, pretty average, uh, except for maybe a couple years ago. Uh, but he has made a lot of mistakes, and I think he's not a very good deep ball thrower. Uh, and I think once his year's done, his, you know, his football career is pretty much over. I don't think he, he really gets a shot in the NFL. And I think he's prone to making mistakes. Uh, we've talked about their running backs in the past. Uh, I don't think that the running backs they have currently, while talented, I don't think they're quite as good as some of the backs they've had in recent history. And I think they're probably a year away from being truly elite running backs. And uh, this Ohio State team doesn't scare me as much as other teams scare me uh, that Ohio State's had in the past years. And I don't think that while they showed against Michigan State that they can go out perfect storm blow out a team, I just I don't think that's going to happen this weekend. I don't think we're going to see a uh, a big point output from Ohio State. Well, I'm going to come in and give you some some positives here. I think uh, overall that defense, while lacking depth, I definitely think they'll keep them in the game as long as they can. I think if if the quarterback whoever plays can get to the tight ends, I think there's some some space to, to get some yardage there. I do think that you'll see you know a couple broken runs from a couple of our running backs um, a few times. I don't think that there's going to be a runner that goes over 100, but if they do, that would be you know fantastic and you have a better chance of winning that game. But I think you'll see a couple broken runs in there for maybe 15, 20 yards. And overall, I think the secondary, if LaVert Hill is back, I think that would be big because you need that secondary to be in top-notch against some of these Ohio State receivers. And, uh, you know, and hopefully hopefully the play calling is a little bit more 
you know, risque and uh, pulling out some plays that we haven't seen all year. And hopefully it all comes out in a, in a, a victory for, for Michigan. So I'll give you some positives. And I think that, you know, Iowa is very comparable to Michigan in a lot of ways. And obviously we saw the outcome there away at Iowa and, you know, Ohio State, you know, they got beat. They got killed, you know, very similar to what Michigan um, had at Penn State. So there's there's your positive, Stephen. Eric, thank you. I, putting, I appreciate putting, the, putting, whipping putting that up, cooking those up for me. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and who knows? I think it's uh, like we t- like I talk about all the time. Law of averages. Uh, it's about time some breaks go for Michigan in these big time games. Uh, they get a, you know, one of the Ohio State players fumbles a few times, or uh, pick six, or uh, some something. You know, Ohio State's driving in on the goal line and they fumble, or or somehow make a mistake. Uh, or who knows? Maybe the refs are all alumni in Michigan this weekend. Uh, That'd be fantastic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean they don't check those things, I guess. So apparently not. Not last year. Who knows? So uh, I think it is time for some of that to happen. Fingers crossed. Uh, we have Peters or maybe even Spate available to play. I hope. I hope. I'd love to see Spate all of a sudden come out of that tunnel and, and you know. I, it would definitely change my my prediction by a little bit if Spates in that game. So, but I'm going. Like I said, I'm going to make my prediction this week based on O'Corn playing. But I'll make a little small asterisk next to my prediction. So, you ready for it? Ready for the big prediction? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Hit me up with that. All right. Um, if O'Corn plays, I do think that the, the defense will keep this team in it. Um, but at the end of the day, I think you'll see a defense that gets worn down in the second half. Ohio State, while I agree is not as talented as they were, they will pull off some big plays. And I think uh, Michigan loses 24-10 to 10 to Ohio State. But if Spate plays, I, I'm not going to say it's a, it's a win for sure. I'm still going to predict Ohio State winning. But I think it's a lot closer with, you know, with, within one possession type thing if Spate plays. But we'll see. What a, for, let's talk, just quickly mention, what an awesome story that would be if Speed comes in and just balls out. Uh, I know. And just <laughs> missing for most of the year. People were talking about him as being a terrible quarterback anyways when he was in. Uh, how he blew the Ohio State game for us last year, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then he just comes back, last home game of the year, and tears up Ohio State. Uh, there would no, be no cooler story, I think. Uh, then if oh, that the storyline, he'd be a hero. You know, he'd be a legend, basically, at Michigan. And you and I have been uh, a big proponent of state, or state, of spate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the only state I'm a big proponent of is uh, the state of Virginia. I'm a big fan of that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, if spate plays, uh, I mean, you and I have had his back all year. We both predicted him being the MVP before the season started. I think you could make the case that he is the MVP based on uh, what happened when he was gone for quite a bit of games. But um, I would love to see that happen. Uh, pride will continue. It, it won't get in the way. It's You know what? It's got to get in the way for me, and that's fine with me. I will not predict Michigan to lose to Ohio State. Uh, it's just not something I, I'm willing to do. I'll be stubborn like that. Uh 
hopefully, you know, like we said, fingers crossed, Peters or, or Spate plays, not O'Korn. Uh, I really I don't see them winning if O'Korn's in, so my prediction's going to be based on uh, Peters or Spate playing. And uh, the game, I think, might be unwatchable if O'Korn plays, and uh, we'll see how much I watch it if O'Korn plays. But um, I will make the prediction based off the uh, the guess that he will not be the starting quarterback, and I will say that Michigan will win 21-17. Okay. Well, I hope you're right. I just want to put this out there for all the listeners. I, I know. It's not, it's not like I'm coming in with, like, <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I, can't, I wish Ohio State throws up three pick sixes and, you know, we win 28-0. But, you know, I just – it's tough. Like I said, my, my thoughts are with all the injuries right now in big spots, that's where I'm kind of really struggling to see Michigan hold up. My, uh, I'll, I'll give you my bold prediction, and it's probably my most, most bold of the year. Uh, <laughs> Is it, no, no, that's it, no, no, cold on because – Yeah, because it's mixed with that. <laughs> Uh, my bold prediction is that Spate comes back, uh, doesn't start the game, but O'Korn's in and is just incredibly ineffective. Uh, and then they throw Spate in maybe the end of the first quarter or something like that, and he throws uh, two or three touchdowns to DPJ, hashtag Baby Braylon. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, you're right. That, that does beat it. You out, outdid yourself this year. And uh, if that happens, I will be driving to your house. And I'll bring some of the leftover pierogies. I will. For, well, that'll be great. That's, that's I awesome. will uh, spray uh, paint on the I side will, of my car, hashtag Baby Braylon. And uh, if someone else claims to have started that before me, I will fight them in the streets. I'm going to foresee a big strip sack by one of our linemen. And. A linebacker or defensive lineman will take it back for a fumble recovery for a touchdown. That's my big bold prediction. All That'll right. keep us in the like keep us in the game. I like that. I think it, I mean for them to win, we have such great defensive line players. Like it's a rivalry game. If you're gonna win, one of them has to make a huge play. That is the hope. We need to keep that defense. They can stay relatively, you know, healthy and, and, and not just healthy, but hold up for four quarters. I mean, that team can still hang in there and still do something. So, all right, I look forward to spray painting the side of my car and uh, and all the uh, the great compliments I'm going to get beforehand. All right. Remember, uh, you I can... like I like sour cream on my pierogies. By the way, bring that too. <laughs> can't right. just pierogies by itself. Right. I'll bring some uh, some Daisy. They make it right. They make the sour. Oh, cream. that's what I have in my fridge. There you go. You gotta do a dollop. Hashtag do a dollop for Daisy. Right there. Uh, <laughs> I do too. I put a lot of <laughs> yeah, We do a lot of dollops. Uh, <laughs> uh, remember, you can check out the podcast on iTunes or the Google Play Music Store. Follow us on Twitter at @teamroundtweets. Fingers crossed with uh, Stephen here, with Chris. Take it easy.